It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you guys with us after a victory Monday, second straight week in a row for the Washington Redskins after a victory over the Carolina Panthers to drop them to five and seven, the Redskins at three and nine. Coming up on the show today and this episode, we will hear from head coach Bill Callahan, his Monday press conference out at Redskins Park as well. We'll hear from quarterback Dwayne Haskins, so we will be very busy uh, with that. And as a matter of fact, we begin this first and opening segment with Dwayne Haskins, starting quarterback after Sunday's win in Charlotte, his first road win as an NFL starter. And why do we do that right now? We'll hear from the starting quarterback of the Washington Redskins. Congrats on the win. How much fun is it to turn around, hand the ball off, and watch a guy like Darius run, and then Adrian got going there late too? Oh, it's, it's extremely fun to watch those guys run the ball. Um, I challenge those guys. Like, I need a 50-yard run. What, what can you do? And they had a couple long runs today, and they run so hard. It's, it's so fun watching them uh, run the ball. I try not to buy a ticket back there, but um, they do a great job running the ball. Do you find yourself now, you know, at third game, you know, as a starter, I mean, do you feel like you're – things are slowing down for you and that you're starting to see the field a lot better. It seemed like uh, when you went into a two-minute drill, everything just seemed like it started clicking. Uh, do you start to see things slowing down for you now? No, I, I think um, I was playing faster than what I needed to, so I was playing myself out of position with certain reads and stuff like that. So um, now I'm just slowing it down as far as uh, I've got to speed up my drop every time I feel pressure. I don't have to escape every time I see somebody flash across my face, and I've got to make the big throw every play. So it was just... Trust my eyes, trust my feet, and uh, making the right reads. Dwayne, I know we've made a little bit of a a deal about between you and Darius and Terry what that could look like going forward. Is it sort of a look today of kind of what it looks like, could look like even now, especially with you and Darius uh, getting something going? Yeah, I think we're a great trio. We have a lot of great players around him as well, Steve and Kelvin, um, a lot of young guys that I feel are stepping up, and um, I feel as we continue to grow throughout the season and the rest of our careers together, we can be very uh, lethal together. When you talked about you know those things slowing down and you just kind of feeling more comfortable, is that just a matter of more game time and more experience as you've gotten to this point, or has there been like kind of certain things that you've kind of been looking at in film and and specifically trying to say, okay, this is where I need to improve as far as slowing down and that kind of stuff? I feel like it's just a mentality. I just got to play like a grown man, and that's what I've been trying to work on the last couple of weeks. And um, you know, taking the ball, ripping it when it's there, moving when I have to, and making stuff happen when it needs to happen not having to worry about being a rookie or making mistakes and just playing hard as I can every play. Um, it's 14 nothing, and it's only the first quarter, but, you know, it's still 14 nothing. They looked like they were rolling. The season's been what it's been. How did you – How do you? what do you kind of say to yourself at that point to sort of stay in the game to still keep, you know, keep control of the huddle, things along those lines? Uh, Coach Tim always talks about silencing the noise, and we, we got down early, but uh, one series at a time, one play at a time. And uh, as we continue to play, you saw the – 
the score coming more in our direction, and we just keep fighting, chipping away, and defense played a hell of a game today. And um, just knowing that we can trust special teams to make great plays, defense to make big plays, and when we finally get it going as the offense, we can be really good as far as running the ball and play passing and then uh, shots on the field. So I feel like we are doing a great job coming together. Um, I want to say is this is one specific thing. Uh, I just I just love um, one's out there getting a two, two's out there getting a three, moving around in the pocket. Um, I like the the play with uh, Sprinkle where it had takeoffs on the outside and we clouded it to I safety over the top and with my feet came back and Luke Leakey got aggressive on the, the snapper. This basically right behind him. And uh, stuff like that where it might like be not as, as complicated for someone who's watching it, but for me that means a lot for me just trusting my eyes, moving off spot, finding the second read, and then uh, not getting overly uh, uh, overly cautious in the pocket. A lot's been made about your chemistry with Terry, but you and Kelvin are also developing a nice little connection. How's that going, and how much do you trust going downfield to him? Well, I've known Kelvin a little bit more than Terry. I've known Kelvin since I was in high school. So we have similar um, – we have uh, camaraderie together because we throw routes, we train together in the off season, and of course Terry was a college teammate. So having both of those guys on the outside, I can trust them with any route they're going to run and they're going to be there when I need them to be. And um, this is great having those two on my team. A couple games ago, I think you got sacked like six times. Today there were times where you know there was some pass rush, pass rush pressure, but you were able to avoid it and keep your keep looking down the field while while you were doing that. How, how much is that part of your game? potentially grown even just in the last couple of weeks? Uh, I feel like uh, that's a pretty strong part of my game. I think people underestimate how strong and big I am, especially the guys who are trying to go up top and tackle me. So, um, you know, just a credit to offensive line, getting those guys off me, just getting a hand instead of getting two hands and uh, moving in the pocket, finding a way to find uh, the third part progression, the guy running across and um, things that I can uh, feel while I'm escaping the pocket. So um, as we continue to work on that, we do scramble drill in practice and stuff like that. So I feel like that's another part of my game that will continue to get better. How much are you learning within these games as you were able to figure out what a team's doing until you make adjustments, talk to Kevin and Tim and Bill and all those guys? It's where you, you see, all right, this is where I am at the, the beginning of these games, but at the end I've kind of got this thing figured out. I think the preparation going into it just makes it easier because you see it. Um, they're bringing two of the back this way or they're rotating coverage this way. Luke Keighley's trying to design this, but he's really bringing the other way. And it's just games are playing. That, um, at first I was like, what is going on? There's so many different things, especially like when we played Minnesota, they were bringing Abby fronts and you didn't know where they were coming, but they were just bluffing. So um, just as I continue to play, knowing that they're just showing stuff to get me to check out of things and stuff like that. And as long as I use my cadence and I use the clock for my favor, it'll work out. And you guys take a knee at the end. Anybody have fun with you with that? Oh, everybody did. But, you know, I did that. That's my fault. This last one, guys. You, uh... you know, it's been a while since this team's won two in a row. You know, uh, you're a big part of that. So... How gratifying is that for you uh, to be taking this team in a different direction from what you've been doing? It feels great. Um, uh, I come from a winning program, come from a winning background, and um, of course, the more we, we win, the better it feels, and um, the more you want to win and go out there and compete every play, every team we play. So, of course, we like to win the rest of the season, but every game, one game at a time, and um, it's another opportunity for us to continue to come together as a team, all three, all three phases of the game, and continue to work hard as a young team. All right, that is Redskins starting quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Good to have you guys with us. Coming up, Bill Callahan, interim head coach, meeting with the media on Monday afternoon at Redskins Park. What's up, guys? It's Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Not to go to work, not to go to the store because you forgot something, but ready to go to the bedroom. 
That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity comes about. If you could benefit from a little extra function, fellas, and more confidence where it matters, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew. Is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Get it now, guys. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. As always, you can follow me at WrestleMania621. You can follow the podcast for all sorts of links, stories, video clips, everything Redskins at Locked Redskins. You can follow the entire National Football League at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. You can listen to me in the Washington, D.C. area on 106.7 The Fan, the Radio.com app, thefandc.com slash listen is how you can get me on the radio as well. You can check me out, si.com slash NFL slash Redskins for all sorts of written and video content about the Washington Redskins. Without further ado, we head to Redskins Park for Monday afternoon, a victory Monday. The players were off. The coaches are never off. Bill Callahan meeting with reporters. Here's part one. Dates from yesterday, Morgan or anything? None, none yet. No, not until it's late this afternoon. Okay. I kind of thought that, but I'd ask anyway. That's all right. Um, yeah. w- one of the things I want to ask you about with, with Dwayne Haskins and starting to use his legs more mm-hmm. and more, I'm curious where you feel like he's at with that evolution of his game. And he even felt like sometimes maybe he was a little bit too fast through some things, but I'm just curious about the legs and how he's been incorporating them. Uh, this game was interesting relative to his base, his where he should be, where his feet should be aligned, and where his footwork should be aligned, you know, with the throw and also the progression. So as you progress through a throw, your, your feet and legs have to kind of follow that <clears throat> line of trajectory, which he did extremely well. That's where we see a huge, huge improvement in his game. So he worked his eyes and feet together. Uh, there were times, you know, where he did get some pressure and he showed the ability to move away and step up and make throws, you know, under duress, which was really positive, John. I think the other thing is, you know, there are a couple times where there's a third and five situation, I guess a, a nickel front where the defensive tackles were aligned very wide, and he saw some green grass and felt he could take it and ran himself into a delayed TE game, you know. So I think that's a learning situation for him. 
And then there's one towards, you know, the two minutes, I think towards the end of the game where he runs out of the pocket and he feels green grass and he makes a decisive run, gets his feet down, makes a slide, picks up the first down. So there's a little bit of a give and take in that world, sure. a little bit of a learning curve and also uh, making decisions out of the pocket become a little bit, you know, a little, he's a little bit more aware, aware of where he needs to be now than what he was two or three weeks ago for that matter. So a lot of progress those guys have done. Kevin and uh, Tim have done a really good job with his uh, fundamentals and with his progression. Um, how do Darius and Adrian kind of complement each other as runners? I know you said the rotation is kind of a game-by-game -game feel thing, but just in terms of what they can present defenses, how, mm -hmm. like, what are some of their strengths? Like, what do they do well together that gives you guys? I think they're both consistent, durable, tough, powerful type runners, but also elusive. Uh, elusive enough where they've got vision where they can make people miss and also capable of springing out the explosive run. So I think they both have those traits and they're both different in their own ways. So I would never want to compare them to sure. each other. That wouldn't be fair. But uh, they bring obviously a different dimension to our team. But when you're forming a game plan every week, just what does that do to have two of those guys who are both pretty explosive and what can you do as yeah it's call? been good to see them both back on the field and see what we can do with them and uh, I think evident yesterday was evident that you know we we could have a good change up with them and also Chris Thompson had some two-minute runs that we thought were pretty timely and chewed up some clock and put us in a position uh, to finish off or try to put us in position to finish off that two-minute drive at the end of the half um, but yeah having all three of those guys is is a uh, it's good to see them all back there working together. They're smart guys, and uh, you know they all have, uh, like I said, a different dimension to their game. I want to double down on Darius, not compared to any of the other two, just specific to him, to see the impact he's made in such little amount of time with such little experience. Are there guys over the course of your career that you think of at the running back position who have been able to come in and have a, a really high level of execution? You see things like patience with him that you might not often see with young backs. Is, does he remind you of anybody that you've coached over time, and how rare is it to, to have that skill set? Nothing comes to mind immediately, but what I do see is I see a, a player that's continuing to emerge. And, you know, last year when he was a rookie, you know, the run that he got hurt on in New England is the one run that comes to mind where it was an explosive run. It broke out uh, versus their first-string defense, you know, in the preseason, no less. But uh, we saw flashes of that in early in the training camp last year, then in that, that preseason game against New England, then coming back into training camp this year, coming off an injury. And then, you know, you saw some of his explosiveness uh, early on in the Philadelphia game in the first game of the year. And now we're seeing a little bit more of a consistent pattern of that. So uh, I think we're still learning what he can do, not only as a running back, but as a receiver. He catches the ball fairly well. You know, I think we saw examples of the screen pass that he had uh, against Detroit. And I, I think you can see his ability as a check down back, what he's capable of doing with the ball in his hand out on the perimeter or in the flat. So there, there's a lot of range to his game, a lot of ceiling to his game. I think we've just, we're just starting to uh, untap it. Coaches are always focused on one thing at a time, but when you see him performing like this, is there any part of you that sneaks off mentally and goes, man, if we had him the whole season, how different would this be? Well, I, you know, I never look back. You know, it's, I've, I've been mentally kind of conditioned to never really look back into the what ifs and kind of deal into the realities. I'm a little bit more pragmatic that way. So I, I just know what we've got now and what we've got to do to plan accordingly. 
But I think if you live in the past, you know, you kind of you kind of stay stuck back there. So I'm always looking forward and always trying to, you know, drive ahead and see what we can do with what we have currently that's on the roster and who's up and who's available. Yeah. Bill, kind of sticking a little bit with the run game, can you uh, specify some of the details that the line were able to improve on and give those guys better chances yesterday? Because it seemed like there were just more opportunities, more room to move than previous games. I thought, uh, by and large, the line played really good. Uh, and it was a function of being on the same page. Uh, I thought uh, the management of the run game uh, is another aspect of, of Dwayne's quarterbacking. Putting the putting the call in the right leverage or the right position, whether to leave it on or or leave it off or change it or get to a pass. I think all those things came into play as well in terms of quarterbacking, and then the line itself. I mean, making the adjustments through the types of pressures that they presented or dog pressures that they presented on the early downs. I thought that the line handled that particularly well. Uh, all the different. Uh, dogs that Keekley was bringing and uh, Shaq Thompson was bringing. Then they tried to get Reed involved. They had a couple un, we had a couple uh, unseen looks that we didn't prepare for. You know, we just showed up that we had to adjust to and adapt to. So handling all those adjustments, I thought, uh, I thought, like I said yesterday, Phil did a really good job. Randy did a good job. You know, Brian Angelico. All, I got to give those guys all the credit. They they were handling all those adjustments on the sideline throughout the game. Um, we saw Nate Orchard had when JP interviewed him on a show it's some emotion about the game yesterday. As a coach, when you see that, knowing what he had, you know, had been out and you go out there and have a game like that, do you take a moment to appreciate what a guy like that has done and what does that mean for you to see a guy like that have a game like oh, that? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. I, I felt great for him. I was, I was happy for him, you know, and, and elated uh, that he could have the type of success that he had in a game like that. Uh, not only is you know rushing off the edge, but if you really looked closely at the second down and goal play down there in the last series, I mean he made a huge play, you know, on the perimeter to come off and get 22, and then you know to make the play at the end of the game to cap it off. And throughout the game he was really consistent, John. And then you take into consideration that he played special teams as well. I mean that took a lot out of him, and of course he played the whole second half practically, and then. Uh, played all the all the special teams, so you know his. It was great to see him have success. I'm really happy for him, and hope that it continues. Is there a party that says, "How is this guy on the street? He's going out there making that kind of an impact." In the, you know what I mean? Well, I think you know the rosters are different everywhere. Everybody's looking for something different, something unique. We're in the three-four system. You know, where there's not a lot of three-four teams out there, so it's a different type of player. You know that you're looking for in terms of traits, abilities, whether he's an edge rusher. You know, whether you can drop them into coverage, uh, pass rush. I think all those factors, you know, are, are evaluated when you're looking for a 3-4 outside linebacker. All right, that is Redskins interim head coach Bill Callahan, part one. When we return, we will finish it up with Callahan and a note that we'd like to pass along for you right here on LOR. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. Let's go back out to Redskins Park and hear from part two of interim head coach Bill Callahan meeting with reporters on Monday afternoon. Bill, yesterday you guys went down 14-0 to pretty quickly to Carolina, and in the past we've seen the team get away from the running game when they've gone down like that. You all continue to stick with the running game and it paid dividends. What did you see out there that made you comfortable sticking with it, um, or what made you feel like there were things you could expose later on in the game, even with that deficit? Well, we've, we've been down before, and we've been patient, and we've come back, and I, I, I think that when you're down 14, you can easily panic and all of a sudden start shifting gears too quickly and too fast. I thought uh, that Kevin did a great job just staying patient and trusting the running game. And we had, we had pretty good success throwing it as well with, you know, with, Dwayne, with Dwayne's progression. But um, I think just the ability to stay with the run early, we didn't have quite the success that we wanted to. You know, we didn't have a lot of runs. There was a lot of things we liked in the passing game that we wanted to feature. And, um, you know, sometimes you hit on it, sometimes you don't. You know, we were down the red zone that the first time. I think we, we had three consecutive passes. One, one was, uh, two of them were run actions. One was a drop back on third down. But um, easily we could have run it down there as well. But we felt good about the plan, felt great about the plan in the calls. Uh, and there were opportunities we just missed on a couple of uh, basic uh, executions. But um, I just think the ability to stay with your running game and not give, it, not give up on it and know that it's a long game. And, you know, we relied on the defense, and a lot of credit goes to those guys, you know, creating uh, the three and outs and the four and outs that they had throughout the course of the game. Uh, I think it would be a different game if the game got away from us a little bit more. But uh, it, the game was still in hand, and it was early on, so there was no reason to abandon, you know, anything, any any run type thinking at that at that time. But wanted to ask you about the end of the first half. It seemed like there was inconsistent urgency again. Where it, first it seems like you guys are trying to just run out the clock, then all of a sudden you're in hurry up mode, and then maybe you have a little less time than you wanted to at the end. Winds up with a field goal getting blocked. Can you kind of walk us through the decision making of the end of the first half mm -hmm. and? how you decided to and when you decided to really engage in a hurry-up type of mode. Yeah, well, we were right at midfield with three timeouts, so we still wanted to melt the clock. Uh, we were in that position that we would call eight ball, you know, where you have four less four minutes of the first half, the first four minutes of the, of the second half. So in, in knowing that we had uh, the deferment and the ball coming out in the second half, we really felt strong that if we can, you know, chew down the clock, you know, and leave with points on the board, you know, that was the objective. That was the goal. So. In simple, simple terms, we try to we ran it to begin with, and then we put ourselves in a position where we utilized the timeouts. We were in a good position. I think the, the sack was the play that really hurt us, that burned that last timeout. So the next call on the third down was we try to shoot the ball, or I think it was second down rather. We try to shoot the ball down the field, knowing that if being out of timeouts, that if we had to, we still had enough time to get into a clock at mode, stop the clock, you know, and kick the field goal. Is there kind of a magic amount of time where you, you are less concerned about the clock versus the number of plays you have left? Like, what, what are some of the factors that you're considering there? Yeah, I think you always want the plays, you know, and you're always trying to manage the clock with it. So, yeah, most definitely you're always trying to get more plays with the clocks. But we had the timeouts. Uh, I thought we managed it really well. I thought we put ourselves in good position. You know, but when an untimely sack comes up, you know, and you have to burn your last timeout, it kind of takes you out of the thinking, you know, the optimal thinking of, you know, being in position, you know, to either throw the ball into the end zone or kick the field goal with good field goal, with good field goal range and position. Uh, Bill, do you, do you feel like some of the things that you 
tried to institute in the first weeks that you took over are maybe paying off now? Are you seeing results from some I of believe that? that. I, I believe that. Uh, and the challenge for our team was taking our practice execution, making it game day reality. There are a lot of instances of that taken from the practice field that you can mirror to the game film, our practice film with the game film. So, uh, yes, to answer your question, and more so at the quarterback position, you can see him progressing. You can see his a little bit more calmness in the in the pocket as the game started to move on, and and against a challenging front, we knew that uh, going into the game, this was the second-rated sack team in the league. They were consistent, getting pressure on the quarterbacks. They've made plays, they've made sacks and pressures and hits, and to have Dwayne's calmness and really just his poise in a couple of critical situations, I thought really paid off for us. So. Doing that in the noise on the field every day, putting them in a, in a pressure situation, I think paid for us as we went through those steps during the game. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. That is interim head coach Bill Callahan meeting with reporters. Let's get you a couple of profootballfocus.com premium subscription grades out for you. We'll start on the defense because the defense was so good on Sunday after those two initial drives. Guess who the top-graded defenseman was? I should say defensive player from the Redskins was. It was Sean Dion Hamilton, 84.4 out of 100. However, he only played on 21 snaps. The player with the highest grade among those that played 25 or more snaps, or in this case, 32, Montez Sweat, who was on his way to a breakout game, and I just hope that he can get healthy. Remember, he had to leave the game with a quad injury, never came back. He had an 82.5 out of 100. Uh, He had a sack and a half for the Washington Redskins and four quarterback pressures, including two hurries, did the first-round rookie. Matt Ioannidis with an 82 even out of 100, a pass rushing grade of 73.8 for Matt Ioannidis, who also, of course, had two sacks and three total pressures. As far as the Redskins on offense, what do you know? Darius Geis, the top-ranked and top-graded offensive player for Washington, but he only played a limited snap load. Because he was so darn effective, Darius Geis only played 19 snaps, 10 rushes, 129 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He drew a 90.9, a 90.9 overall grade out of 100. The player with the highest individual game grade amongst players that played more than 25 snaps as ProFootballFocus.com explained it, Dwayne Haskins, an 85.4 overall out of 100. You kind of wonder how they came up with that grade. Obviously, they don't charge quarterbacks with drops, and it looks like they kind of blame the offensive line for some of the sacks, six total, but then they gave a bunch of the offensive line really good grades as well. So I don't know how exactly they came to that grade, but I know they have kind of an interesting offensive, uh, an interesting grading system that sometimes you wonder, hmm, how exactly did they come up with that? All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Have a great rest of your day. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.